Hey guys, time for a very special announcement. I'm very excited to introduce you all to Howl.fm. This is the best and most convenient way to listen to all episodes of Happy, Sad, Confused. It's on the web at Howl.fm and on the go with the brand new Howl app. You can stream and download all Happy, Sad, Confused episodes that have been released in the past six months with this, guys. And you can go beyond just the shows with behind-the-scenes photos, commentaries, and much more. Plus, if you want to upgrade to Howl Premium for only $4.99 a month, you'll get exclusive access to the entire Happy, Sad, Confused archive, every single episode going all the way back, and to all the Earwolf and Wolf Pop archives. This includes all episodes older than six months. Six months, All have been remastered, no ads on any of them. Plus, only with Hal Premium, you can listen to hundreds of hours of WTF with Mark Marin, the gold standard guys, right? You can hear all the classic interviews with Robin Williams, Louis C.K., and so much more. Hal has also partnered with some of your favorite hosts and comedians to develop Howl Originals, brand new shows available only with Howl Premium. You really need to check it out. Check out great new series from Lauren Lapkus and the AV Club right now. Already, there are 10 brand new hilarious Howl Originals, and they are adding new shows every week. So get access to all this exclusive content Content, both on your phone and on your desktop with Hal Premium for only $4.99 a month. And with the promo code HAPPY, you get a full month of a free trial. So go to Hal.fm, enter the code HAPPY at checkout, and you're off and running. Remember, you can use Hal on your phone or your computer, but you can only use my promo code on the Hal.fm website. Go to Hal.fm, that's H-O-W-L dot and use the promo code HAPPY for one month free trial of premium. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. I'm Josh Horowitz. This is my podcast. This is where I talk to really cool, smart, interesting, talented people. And you enjoy it, hopefully. That's the idea, at least. Uh, this week, we're talking to Mr. Ben Schwartz, star of Parks and Recreation and the new film, the new Robert Zemeckis film, The Walk. Uh, joining me for this introduction is an old returning favorite. You know him, you love him, Joel Hannock. Hello. Hi, Joel. Hello, Josh. How's it going? Good. Thank you for having me back. I feel like we should introduce um, someone else that's in the office right now. We've never had her on the podcast. She's been an integral part of many an after-hours sketch over the years. She's been in a few after-hours sketches over the years. Been in seven. That's the voice of Ms. Sammy Heller. Are you not supposed to do that yeah, for yourself? That's kind of lame. But um, I thought for the record, I did not. No, I'm a big fan. Well, you're not like a nice person. I'm so. not. No, Sammy really did. I think your most notable uh, performance in an after hour sketch, would you agree, is the famous uh, Tom Hiddleston Loki, mm-hmm. a, fa- a fan favorite. Yeah, that was some of my best work. Mm-hmm. I'd say that uh, I tie that with uh, the Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke, which you both appeared in. Yeah, we were dueling lovers. <laughs> getting, getting a lot of love for the Ethan Hawke after hours on the podcast. It always comes up. That's another undiscovered gem, I feel like. But One you, day. But you played in the in Loki. You played... Um, Lo- yeah. Who did you play? Uh, the... Lunch lady number one. Lunch attendant, the cashier. Yeah. Who... You know, you go to pay for your lunch, and I'm like, no, it's already paid for, you idiot. 
Oh. And then Tom Hiddleston's like, Loki. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's like the audience so roars with laughter. Yeah. You don't need to watch it now. Yeah. You got it, basically. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I also thought Sammy should be here today because she uh, kind of brought together me and uh, the guest on this week's podcast. You're an acquaintance, a friend of Mr. Ben Schwartz. Yes. The very talented comedian improv genius. He's, he's pretty fucking insane he's, at, at improv yeah he's not bad he's at it i've seen him do it like, in i person. don't like to give out compliments for free but he's not bad at it me too i begrudgingly acknowledge his superiority to most of the known world in this regard when i mean we all went to a show and i feel like we all laughed at least once there was probably. one there was one there was one like ha yeah like a uh, yeah, it was like a good elf laugh like single, <laughs> single. <laughs> classic elf um, mm. but Ben uh, yes in addition to being an amazing uh, improv guy obviously has been he's had two TV series the last few years House of Lies I should mention too yeah. still going strong I think in it's fifth season next season on Showtime mm-hmm. um, and very cool for him uh, psyched for him that he's in a Robert Zemeckis movie which we bonded about quite a bit because we both probably all of us in this room love Robert Zemeckis films yeah. uh, and this is the new one that's tells the uh, famous story of Philippe Petit. Oh, you did, you did that so nicely. It's not Philip Pettit, right? Um, no, I believe it's Philippe Petit. That's <laughs> wow, that's it. hardcore French. I'm good. Um, who, of course, <laughs> uh, high wire artist who, um, not to spoil anything, it's in the trailers and everything, but like way back when World Trade Center, the Twin Towers um, walked across. What? Sorry. What? Sorry. Anyway, that's the new film. What's it? When does that open? When when should we promote that? It's coming September soon. September right? 30th. Is that true? You're so good, Sammy. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. It's the 30th. 30th. It's actually, as we tape this, it's about to open the New York Film Festival. Uh, That kicks off this weekend. So check that out when it's in theaters. Um, Also check out some cool new things on the the web that we've produced. Um, A really fun uh, shoot we had a few weeks back that I know I get a lot of tweets from you guys about this. It's the Mockingjay shoot I did with Jennifer Lawrence and Josh Hutcherson and Liam Hemsworth. It's good. It's worth the wait, guys. What what do you have, Joel? I was saying, could you could you rank them? Rank the, the, the favorite, guess? least a favorite. <laughs> no, I never would. Um, they're all well, equally I mean, perfect. No, Liam's not number one. That's <gasps> that's crazy. Yeah, but I'm being honest. No Twitter handle at Joel Hannick. <laughs> Go for it. War declared on the Hamsworth boys. No, they were all delightful. Um, and this was a, a special shoot that we did out in LA a few weeks back. Goes out as of uh, it should be out October first. Look out for that. Um, and uh, you will see Jennifer Lawrence do something that no, I think no human being has ever seen her do. So prepare. <laughs> what, 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 Sammy? Because Where's like, your mind what wandering? What could it be? You don't know, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I just want to say I'm a huge Liam. Okay. <laughs> For the no, it's too late. It's too late. Uh, also coming up in After Hours Universe, should mention just this morning we taped a really fun sketch with. The one and only Mr. Hugh Jackman, uh, one of our favorites over the years. Everybody's favorite. Nobody has a bad word to say about Hugh because he he's is a, perfect. He's a perfect human being. <laughs> like in every way. We should say Sammy is full on like the biggest Hugh Jackman fan yeah. on the planet. Like he's physical, okay. emotional, okay. spiritual, like just perfection. Give like, us your best. You do a pretty good Hugh. Hugh. Well, give us your best right. Hugh. Um, this is Hugh Jackman promoting Pan. We've got full-scale pirate ships. We built a full Neverland. You, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. What does your wife think about it? What is your... 
Deb? Oh, Deb said this was the best one yet. She said this is the biggest pirate movie that's ever been made. No disrespect to John Depp. No disrespect. Um, that's a preview of Sammy's one woman, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> go. The backstory that Deb is uh, an expert on pirate films. Too. <laughs> she is, Joel. We, no, that's the detail that makes it so rich. Yeah, we've, uh, she's we, an expert in everything. We've shot a lot of things with you over the years, and this one is no less uh, brilliant. He just, um, yeah, he walks in a room and he just he owns it. He can do everything, and he's really funny in this. So that's coming soon. Um, so yeah, a lot of fun sketches on its on the way. Um, and what else to say about Mr. Ben Schwartz? What do you need to know? He, all you need to know is this is a funny dude. We talked for about forty five minutes, and yeah, you guys talked for so long. I think we're kindred spirits. Yeah, everyone was like, "Are they okay in there?" And then I was like, "Did Josh kill Ben?" And it <laughs> that's was like, the first thought. <laughs> no. And I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so embarrassed." Yeah, because, I, I murdered like, your I friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, he's he's alive and well, and um, and I believe hopefully you haven't listened to this podcast yet. You don't no. know what's to come. No. You might learn a lot about your friend and me. I don't know if I want to listen to it. <laughs> okay, anymore. so one person that shouldn't listen to it is Sammy, but Joel will listen. I'll listen. He's a gentleman. It's a tough act to follow. <laughs> He's a, he, I, he, I listen to gentlemen podcasts, and he is a gentleman. So. <laughs> this should be called the Gentleman's Podcast. <laughs> and one scoundrel. It's, uh, <laughs> it's tough Josh to follow Biden. last week's. I know, Joel, you and I share the Michael Shannon love. I think uh, an all-time favorite. <laughs> Uh, I don't noise? have hatred noise? for him. But we're preoccupied you you to a degree. things with things you don't hate. <laughs> Categories for Sammy. That's yeah. great. Things I don't hate. Is that how you go up to actors you admire? Hey! I don't hate you. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how. Leave them wanting more. Exactly. You can't, if you, mm-hmm. I love you, I love you, it's like you know it's fake. Yeah. If I give you an I love you, well, you then know, you know that it's, it's like real. You're about to skin them alive and yeah, put their head like on you. Like that I have a hair doll <laughs> of you in my dresser. Uh, speaking of which... <laughs> no, there's no segue. Let's just dive right in. Let's let the audience enjoy. Right, let's get to it. And in the meantime, as always, guys, hit me up on Twitter, Joshua Horowitz. Let me know what you're uh, loving, what you're hating, who you want to hear on the podcast. And... Um, who you prefer, Sammy or Joel? Oh yes, yeah. please. Please but, vote. Yeah, please vote. Tweet at us. Uh, a huge Liam Hemsworth fan. No, he's not. Joel hates the Hunger Games. <laughs> if we're being honest, I do hate Liam Hemsworth. Have, have you ever seen the Hunger Games? I've read all the books. You, it's only the movies count more than the book. Do wait? Do they have um, lizard people in this one? Okay, let's I go to the podcast. Go. No, ben, that's a thing, right? No, it's ben, literally not a thing. This week's podcast with Mr. Ben Schwartz. Enjoy. Woo! For real, at the end of the last book, there's okay. just like lizard people. <laughs> leave, leave my office. You can set that out. Get out. <laughs> take, take a moment. I don't need. We're getting, we're getting, we're getting real. Are we really? No, we're not. Oh, we're not. You can no, get real not. if you want. No, I've listened to. I was listening to some of your. Listening to some of your other podcasts, and I'm kind of intimidated. Which one? Did you do a little bang bang? I was listening. No, I was listening to um, Pete oh. Holmes. Oh, that's a very long time ago, and he wants again. Did you listen to a solo bolo or no? No. Oh, you're a fool. <laughs> what, what did I miss on that Not one? Not because of me, just because Comedy Bang Bang, um, done like 20-something of them, but we do Just Me and Scott. Mm-hmm. It's the only time he does it with one other person. Oh, wow. And we just sing songs the whole time. <laughs> the, the entire what, the entire podcast is him and I singing songs. time is there? An hour and change. That's, and that plays. I mean, like in that, between. And, that, and that's enjoyable for you and for the audience. I can't tell you that. I don't think it is. And by the way, I'm going to be quite honest. I don't think it is. <laughs> 
Uh, I looked at the very last page of this script in the script to see if it tells you what happens. Oh, in Inception? Yes. And? I got the script to see what it says. And I forgot. I forgot. How <laughs> That's funny a very that? anticlimactic story. I truly just forgot. <laughs> I used to have like 12 of these little Inception totems that they yeah. sent for some reason. And I think I think just many guests have stolen them. So I'm watching. That's the last one. And Don't let anybody steal it. And I'll know if it goes away. It's on you. Well, I can't promise I'm not going to steal it. It's good to have you here, Ben. It's great to have you. Are we recording? Yeah, sure. Oh, wow. It's great know. to have you, ma'am. It's great to have you on my show. <laughs> Wait, what? My voice is a little bit lower, if you can hear. I don't know what it is. I think I have some sort of... Uh, I don't know what it is. I'm not sick, but my throat doesn't work right now. Right. Well, that... Okay. That, that might be sick. That, that might, might be sick. Actually, I'm not a doctor, but that could be... Yeah, but I don't feel sick. I'm just like real tired and I cough and sneeze all day. <laughs> <laughs> There's blood coming out of my eyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Every hole is filled with like everything... <laughs> But like I'm not, I know I'm not sick. I'm 104, but I'm not sick. It's, I know when I'm sick. It's the power of the mind. You're that, conquering the, the disease. I think that's what it is. Uh, do you get sick a lot? Are you? An, are you? A I'm natural? just talking about this. I do, right? But it's because I kind of overwork myself till I have nothing right. left, and then I learn not to do that anymore. Right. But the problem is, uh, I went like six or seven months without getting sick, which is huge. That's big. Yeah, we were talking about outside. It's like um, you know when you go in those businesses and it's like uh, uh, 15 days since our last accident, 17 days. <laughs> I like one of those counting, exactly. Yeah. It was very exciting. Right. Very exciting. And then um, maybe three weeks ago, I got sick. It was just my birthday. I got sick a little bit before my birthday. Right. And then it went away. Right. And then after my birthday, even though literally I went to Dave and Buster's in and out and didn't drink, I had one beer and that was it. <laughs> I got, I just started, my throat felt scratchy and it hasn't been sick. It's just been this weird scratchy feeling. Maybe you contracted something horrible in the D&B. God, but how terrible would that be? That'd be, I mean, that's a fine way to go. I don't, it almost. Chuck E. Cheese. Oh God, that is. Did you ever go to Chuck E. Cheese when you were a kid? I didn't. I, I, I where, did you, where did you grow up? I grew up on the, the tough streets of the Upper West Side. Ooh, what streets exactly? Uh, West. 70th. Ooh, and? Central Park West in Columbus. Oh, yeah, you beautiful, beautiful, wonderful yeah, white it, boy. It was pretty rough. You wonderful Jewish man. <laughs> you sweet, <laughs> sweet man. Did you go to the park a lot or because it was right there? Who yeah, cares? Yeah, of course. No, okay. I never got, uh, I, I think my training wheels came off my bike at like 16. Like I was like, this will surprise nobody. Yes. Um, I'm not very coordinated. Really? Can we have a toss? No, what's not? What Can gonna, we have a toss? The only thing on my desk is like a scissors. Oh, there's another. There is another reception totem. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take the microphone with me. Okay, what's happening? I'm gonna go on one side of the room. This is the most. So for everybody office. who can't see, I don't know if you've seen. Is this a new office or the same office? It's a relatively new office. New office. So if you can't see, there's Nazi paraphernalia everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Literally, an enthusiast. You can't. He's like a, he, He's not right. You're not a supporter. You're just no, an enthusiast. Just appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. I have an Inception totem on one side. What am I supposed to do? You're gonna catch it with your hands. Oh, I've heard about this. Someone throws it and, <laughs> and you catch, catch it. it. It's called having a catch. Oh, okay. Okay. It's, it's relatively easy, although the object I'm throwing is kind of weird to catch. Yeah. Okay. And it's going to be a light toss. It's not going to be a hard thing. Okay. Do okay. I have to return it or is the whole goal this? No, you just catch. to show your coordination, all okay. I want you to do is catch it. Okay, ready? Yeah. Are you nervous? Very. Do you want a slow motion video it as well? No, no. I mean, okay. Here we go. For real. Ready? Are you going to do it? Yeah. His lip is quivering, no joke. His try. bottom lip is quivering. I'm not even doing a bit. His bottom lip, he got nervous. You're a little nervous, right? Very nervous. Okay, I'm going to stand up. You won't hear me for a bit. Here we go. Wait, am I standing too? You can. Ready? Sure. On three. Okay. One, two, three. Hey! He had to use his whole body every minute of it. He fucking used his whole body all day. How would you describe the way I caught that, though? I think, first of all, let's let's I say what it, it is. You caught it. You caught it. It didn't hit the floor. Yeah. Uh, your eyes went very, very wide. <laughs> <laughs> but can I tell you, you got the job done. Thanks, buddy. Do you know what I mean? So you are coordinated enough. <sighs> 
How did that feel? Did you ever play sports when you were in the Upper West Side or no? Uh, I was in the Little League. Uh, what I, was your name? Were you the Dagostino something? We, I was yeah, the Dagostino yeah. something. We were the Citibank Panthers. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I was the Dagostino something. I did not like playing baseball though. No, were you just not good or you just didn't enjoy it? I was. Uh, my dad keeps saying how how good I was at it. I just I was always afraid of the ball. Okay. Always afraid of the ball. Yeah. Afraid of getting hit. But uh, I always. I loved animated shows and I loved uh, video games and that's like the time when I would only like it was getting in the way of all the things I loved. Prioritize. So I remember I remembered the day my father Michael Philip Schwartz and Joan Foreman Schwartz. (laughs) I remember the day that I was just so sad that I had to go to baseball practice that my mom was like, Mike, just let him let him just stay. And then my dad goes, do you really not want to go? I go, yeah, I really don't want to go. And he said, okay, you can stay. And it was like such a grown up moment for me. Wow. And then I stopped. And then when I went to high school, I got huge into basketball and that's all I did. So you've got height. You've got that advantage. I have a little bit of height. Yeah. And then also, I also learned when I moved from Riverdale, which is like the Jewish part of the Bronx, northern part of the Bronx, to uh, 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 Edgemont, which is in Scarsdale. It's like right. a very, very, very suburb suburb. Everybody played basketball. So if I wanted to make friends, right. I would have to learn how to be pretty good. Like, okay at it. So what what was vying for little uh, Ben Schwartz's time uh, outside of the baseball diamond? It was video games? Great it question. Was video games. Don't, don't, don't diminish. Great question. It is. Great question. Um, <laughs> let me answer that question with another question. How do you think of these things? <laughs> uh, By the way, it was not on the card. Are you serious? Yeah. By the way, there are no cards. There are some cards here. Just in case. Oh, you don't need them, though. I feel, like you're, I feel like you're pretty good. Can I tell you what I'm really excited? I will answer this question. Okay. What was the question? How tall am I? Six feet. So <laughs> what was the question? It was, uh, what was distracting you from the baseball diamond? Um, the, it was, I just, baseball, I just didn't, I got no joy of it. And I was scared and all this. I love my friends and stuff, but I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. Right. But I will say this. I stuck with it for like a couple of years. It was, it wasn't like immediately. Like I had to do it for a couple of years. Right. Uh, same with soccer. I love like the sh- uh, baseball. I love to get in that um, cup, the cup, and yeah. then having like you, hitting myself the, with the baseball bat. Yeah, of course. Not right. That's not normal. Right. Of course. Of course. Of course. And then everybody sucks each other's dicks. <laughs> Maybe my baseball experience <laughs> was very different. No, no. Come on. Everybody says so like batter up. Right. You take down your pants. <laughs> Someone grabs your cup, fills it up with Vaseline. Right. Yeah. And then gives you a quick hand job. Wow. Oh, anyway, Riverdale was very weird. <laughs> um, I'm very excited. I don't know if you bailed yet, because you could have. What do you mean? That I'm doing press for the walk, and your name came up. Did you bail? I haven't officially bailed. I don't think uh, I bailed. You're gonna bail. No, I'm not bailing. Right, I, I want to talk to you about the well, walk. Well, when you do press for like, a, oh, am I on the official list? A big thing. Yeah, I circled it and sent it to you. Remember? Now it's all coming back. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, you see the poster behind me. I know you have no idea. That's it's Back all I future. care about. You know, I've asked him many questions about Back to the Future. I mean, he is top five filmmakers. Have you met him? Yeah. Oh, interviewed him you a met times. everybody. You've interviewed him a couple times. Well, he was. He, yeah, I mean, I've, what was I've, your question? What was your question oh, that you God. like really want to get answered? Well, no, I mean, I've hounded him for years about Who Framed Roger Rabbit and the sequel. Yes, I have talked to the producers about the sequel because they're and I know what the storyline was. What? Which we will talk off the air. Oh. <laughs> um, no, I'm obsessed with him. I'm like, please, uh, even like down to like the films that people don't love, like Death Becomes Her. I'm that obsessed movie's with her. great. No, you're picking the wrong film. That's like a cult classic, amazing film. It's a brilliant film. Yeah, that's an amazing, amazing movie. There, we Bruce went every that? week. You say Melissa Leo? No, it's Bruce Willis in that. But yeah, Melissa. Le- Bruce Willis is in that. Yeah, Bruce. Willis. Everybody's in Meryl Streep's in that. Yep, Goldie Hawn. Sure. Um, we did something. So the the cast of this movie was Joseph Gordon-Levitt, me, um, Sir Ben, Sir Ben Kingsley. But he worked for a week. I got okay. to meet him once. And it was so cool because I said, hey, I'm Ben. And he said his name is Ben as well. And he didn't he didn't say that his name was Sir Ben. And that it was means, a huge honor because then I saw him say hello person. to everybody else. And he's like, Sir Ben. <laughs> uh, but he was so kind. 
but I didn't get to meet him. Like he was there for seven days and then I was there for a month. Right. Um, but we watched the Zemeckis movie every Sunday. We all got together in the hotel. We watched the Zemeckis movie every Sunday on a big screen in the conference room. Was 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 Robert the one that convened these? He was like, you know, you should. Watch he didn't know anything work. about it, and we were too embarrassed to tell him. <laughs> we were too embarrassed to tell him we were doing it to the very very end. We were saying, just you know, we just saw every single one of your movies. <laughs> like, we didn't get we didn't get to see used cars, but oh, that's a good one too. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? These are seminal movies in my life. Back to Future is my favorite movie of all time. There's nothing that compares to Back to the Future. I think it's a perfect film. It's a perfect movie. And by the way, if you write jokes and you write scripts and stuff, like I think you do as well. Uh, you write, no? Sure, yeah. Uh, it's a perfect joke setup. He sets up everything in the beginning. Yes. He plays it all out. It's like a perfect joke. Everything yeah. is set up so perfectly and then pays off so perfectly. You could study it as a comedian and be like, oh, this is amazing. Um, and then Who Framed Roger Rabbit was a huge movie for my life. Totally. Forrest Gump came out at a time when we got uh, movies in my house a lot. So we saw, we saw like, I saw that. I know every line to Forrest Gump because it was on repeat sure. at my place. And then um, um, I loved Castaway as well. But there's, there's a series of them that those three in particular I was so drawn to. He's amazing. He makes old school movies that like feel like movies. This yeah. movie's so good. Do you see it? I haven't seen it. They haven't screened oh. it. I'm oh, dying. I can't wait. I hope you like it. I'm sure I will. There's never been a Zemeckis movie. What if you're the one that that, that finally breaks it won't the streak? Be, it won't be that. No, it won't, it won't, won't be this. <laughs> won't. Of course it won't. I saw it. It's great. So um, does this feel like, like, was this is this apples and oranges compared to a lot of the stuff you've done? Because it's, I mean, someone like Zemeckis, that stands out on a resume. Yes. It's a um, different... I mean, as in terms of directors? Yeah, just in terms of like the experience of it. Like, I can't imagine Forrest Gump was an improvised movie. That's it's Supposedly it's it was 99% improvised. <laughs> Supposedly. <laughs> Is that right? The character choice was totally different. You know, did you hear that story about who originally got offered Forrest Gump? Uh, no, I don't know. I think it was Bill Murray. Am I that wrong? Probably sounds right. I could be wrong. Someone right. fact check that. Uh, that. Fact check that, and then hashtag uh, Josh Horowitz. <laughs> um, uh, but have, it, you met, have you met Bill Murray? No, that's it. So I do a show at UCB, like where I get um. Big actors or right. directors that have never done improv before, and I match them with old school guys that have been doing it forever. Right. And my top two are Tom Hanks and Bill Murray. But well, now you're one degree away from Tom. Oh, I just almost got a movie that he was in. Also, I thought it was going to seal the whole thing. Like I thought I got it, and then I didn't. Okay. That, by the way, that doesn't ever get no. Oh, it's so. It still is very painful every time you don't get a role. It's such a weird thing. Well, you just you're just in a different even no matter what echelon you're in and what kind of caliber of the role in the film, there's still disappointment unless it's you crazy. are. I, I, I was going to qualify it. I, I don't think there Do is it. an unless. No, I'm, I was going to say like unless you're Chris Pratt now or something, but like in five years he won't get everything he's. No, offered. I'm I mean, sure like, he doesn't get the role that you know uh, ugh, Christian Bale get. You right, know what I mean? Right. Like it's so funny the second you realize that because there are people like uh, when I was just doing comedy, the fact that I was even on TV is insane. It yeah. is. It's insane. It's crazy that I get to do anything. And there's always someone, there's always someone above you. And yeah. then there's someone always massively above you. <laughs> and there's someone uh, below you. And there's always someone massively below you. So wait, talk to me a little bit about, because I read about this, that this uh, bringing folks in that aren't necessarily thought mm -hmm. of for improv into, into, into the group. Sure. So like you, How long is this podcast? It's like 40, 45 minutes. Maybe we could probably make it 53 though, right? Yeah, we can do 53. Okay. Because this is going to be a 12 minute story. <laughs> Perfect. Um... Well, tell me some of the notables, because I read, like, what, Jane Fonda, J.J. Abrams. I mean, your previous uh, yes, boss. Yes, very close smartest, with that gentleman. Smartest, funniest um, hopefully, man on the planet. Hopefully, I'll do a thousand things with him he's in my life. I hope. I think he's one of the most inspirational people in the world. I'll go visit Bad Robot, and he's, like, editing Star Wars and also yeah. developing six TV shows and five movies. And then he spends time with his family, and he's a good father and then a good husband. And it's 
so exhausting for me to watch that uh, I get this raspy voice. <laughs> I get this weird, sick, raspy voice. Well, not to mention also, like when I started to interview him, and my, my brother uh, is buddy you got with to interview every, Isn't that insane? It's fun. But everybody that inspires you, you get to, like, it's he crazy. is truly someone that I think inspires me. I could be around him, yeah. listen to him, and become a better, better at my job. Yeah. And you get to interview the best people at their jobs. Those are the ones. Those are, it's, I mean, not, not me. I, no. I apologize. <laughs> this I'm just a, like a schmuck. This must be amazing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you are in the group. Right. No, but honestly, it's the filmmakers, it's the ones that you grew up with too. Mm-hmm. Like it's like when I think of I think of people like Zemeckis, I think of sitting down with Francis Ford Coppola. That's and insane. It's like, it's, yeah, it's mind blowing to pick their brain and and to like get paid to like legitimately ask the questions you would ask anyway. Like, so what happened to Godfather Two? That's you know, it's like it's insane. Right. But my point with JJ was. Um, I remember the first time I heard him speak or, or interview, interviewed him. It also struck me he's like he could be a stand-up. Like he's I feel like he's the hilarious guy on the planet. He's so funny. <laughs> he should do a comedy. I want him to direct a comedy so bad. He's so funny and yeah. quick. He came on and did improv. Right. But the best thing is you get these huge, huge people. Like Cheadle's done it three times, and so the the list. Okay, so it's the main improvisers. I, the, I it could be anybody, but usually they're Horatio Sands, Thomas Middleditch, who's in Silicon Valley. This is before Silicon Valley. Right. Zach Woods, who's in Silicon Valley in the office. Um, Lauren Lapkus has been doing it a bunch lately. Uh, Gil Ozeri, these guys from uh, Hot Sauce, Gil Ozeri and Adam Pally have done it a bunch. And then it's me. And then it's usually two people who've never done improv before. Okay. One is a comedy-based person, like Scott Aukerman or Paul F. Tompkins. Sure. And then one is a, someone who's never done it. So the people who've never, ever done it is like uh, Blake Griffin has done it three times. <laughs> and by the way, maybe the best. He's unbelievably funny. He's so Funny and very quick. I feel like if he wasn't six foot ten, maybe something. Like that. I don't know. I'll tell you. <laughs> Might but well be nine feet up to me. I don't if he know. wasn't nine feet, yeah. he would be in comedy. One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. And um. So okay, ready? Blake Griffin, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Don Cheadle, Helen Hunt, Jane Fonda, um, Adam McKay, J.J. Abrams, um, Corey Stahl, um, Jake Johnson, Glenn Howard, it's been it's a very very long list. I think I've done whatever. And the past five have been all charities. So I pick a different nice. I pick a, a different nonprofit mental health association in New York, and they get all the money. So I've raised like ten thousand dollars for That's different awesome. mental health in New York, which is great. So what do you what do you say to them? Before, like, do you give them any tips? It's only people it I know. Yeah. Oh no. So what do I say before? Like if you were going to do it? Yeah. So if you were going to do it tonight. Uh, I would first of all say, do you want to come to a show beforehand? By the way, you do not have to. Right. You don't even have to see a show. You know what I mean? And then they'll be like, oh, I might be busy. Like, Great. This is all you need to know. Uh, when someone runs in front of you, that means the scene is over. Right. If someone taps you on the shoulder, that means step to the side. Take as many risks as you want. Be as stupid as you want. Do Be as crazy as you want. Whatever you do, the five of us, our job is just to support you. Right. So it doesn't matter what you do. Even if you make a weird turn that doesn't make sense we'll, improv-wise, we'll yeah. we will make the turn with yeah. you. So it looks like that's what was supposed to happen. Right. And then um, there has never been... Uh, experience where someone hasn't said I want to do it again immediately, immediately, because afterwards like oh I get it I get it now and now I want to you know yeah, what I mean yeah, and it's yeah. such a like when you get dramatic actors up there they, it's very inspiring because all they do is they act in the moment and they're the best ones the dramatic sure. like Corey Stoll was awesome and then some people that are comedy based feel such pressure that they try to be too funny and right. they push it too hard right um, but you can't I mean you can't lose it's it's so fun so what do, what do you do I mean you've been doing this so long in terms of improv and and you're literally at the top of that field like what do you do oh. if 
do, does your brain ever like freeze up? Like, do you ever like lapse into like a default? Like, okay, if if nothing else pops into my brain, I will do this uh, silly voice number seven. No, but that's funny. Uh, no, what is your silly voice? Let's say you were about to be funny and you had to do a silly voice. Uh, you know that guy, whatever. <laughs> I mean, like, you know that's default. Um, three. I wonder if there's tropes I'll go back on. If there's like uh, like because if I do a lot of two person shows, sure. I do a lot with just Middleditch and I do a lot with Adam Pally and Gilzeri, where like you have to initiate scenes a lot. Sure. I wonder if I'll set up a scene where we're in a car. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if I can't think of something, maybe I'll put us in a car. I'll put us in a movie theater. But I'll never say the same thing. Sure. And there's never a thing you go back to, which is funny because like if I I get more nervous, so I have to memorize a huge monologue. Yeah. But then at the same time, like I was talking to someone who was on um, Game of Thrones, and they were like petrified of improv petrified of it and freeze up he said he freezes up when he like he can't do it and it was right. amazing because he's a strong amazing actor right but like it's just a different thing they want you know some actors want words and um i'm more comfortable if i know the words but i can play so when you're on a set so at this point now when you're on a set like the walk where mm -hmm. it's presumably not much room for improv mm -hmm. i would guess is that at this point comfortable or is it still it's more comfortable than it was before yeah. and also i'll try to sneak some stuff in every now and then right but also like my role i'm in like five or six scenes so i don't have to go crazy if i was joe had like every line sure. in the movie. he's amazing he's extraordinary in it he's but it's like everything he he's do. a movie star i realized that when i was we i remember watching him before when we were filming it's like oh you're he learned how to walk on a wire yeah. you know what i mean it's insane his yeah. like body was perfectly fit for this exact job yeah. he memorized everything with a french accent and he spoke french for half the movie it's it was so inspiring and then i'm like i just show up with like silly facial hair i'm like let's do this um you must be proud of your hair though you've got really good hair my hair is pretty good you have very good hair as well thank you it's like the one thing i'm not worried about losing in it's my, as very I weird if you go to la ever i never so i used to buzz my head in new york i used to just like and then um i never knew how to grow it out and then i moved to la and i didn't get a job uh acting for like a month and a half so right. my hair grew out incredibly long right and then i auditioned for this movie the first pilot i ever got was mitch hurwitz yeah. uh who's a hero of mine i can't imagine not a hero of yours yeah of course um uh, I, I wonder if we name our top five shows i uh, sorry i'll get back okay let's do that yeah yeah uh, i wonder how much they'll coincide because i bet three out of the five will be the same in terms of what you want to do sitcoms you want to do no comedy? just like uh, comedies our okay. five favorite comedies but wait okay, so okay, yeah, yeah. um i apologize for jumping all the place so first month in there, yes so i auditioned for mitch hurwitz and allison jones the casting director who is truly the biggest and best comedy yeah. cast director in the world she's cast everything yeah. so i knew about her like i was nervous to meet her right. and then um i came in late because i went to the wrong address and they emailed me that they that i had to go to a different dress so i came in late which was great because i didn't have time to be nervous sure and then i auditioned my hair was so stupid and crazy and i go i really apologize i will cut my hair for you uh, if i get this role and he goes no you will not you will keep that hair so that's how it all started and then i was realized i become more of a character my hair was never a thing and only in la like uh when you turn like a certain age once you hit like 26 27 i'm 34 now but it's like all of a sudden like guys will come up and be like dude great like that's like it's such a funny never in my life like it wasn't even a thing people talked about oh, no it's something to be proud of man. oh my god in la it's such a because i think there's so many medications and pills and regimens to make sure you maintain your hair right. which i understand you know a lot of people uh yeah. you know a lot of their confidence may come from that so i get it but it's like uh never before have i gotten a, and then like it was a big thing okay, all right so let's let's do our top okay we're gonna do movies. do we want to write it all right we'll say my no let's do tv shows tv shows Top five comedies, influential comedies for you in your life. Um, okay, so you want to just go back and forth and just sort of like... Yeah, let's see if they coincide. I know mine are because I've had to answer this question before. If it takes you a second to think yeah. of I, mean, I wouldn't I, know my movies. I I've would got, not know my I've movies. I've got my top sitcom I always go to. Oh, uh, I kind of think I... I bet I can get yours. Get, let me guess yours. Okay. Oh, this is go, an even go, better go, idea. Go, go, go. 
Like, wait, 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 wait. What type of, what type I'm, of person I'm, I'm, were you? I'm five years older than you, so keep that Are in you mind. really? Yeah, I'm 39. That's crazy. Oh, my God. But you, you have kids and you're married and everything. No kids, but there is a marriage. Your marriage, yeah. You got that part. I got to figure that part out. You got you to gotta figure it out. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, ready? Yeah. Okay. I'm okay. Gonna, I think that one of your top five favorite shows yes. is Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Uh, it, I didn't come up with the top five, but yes, of course it is. Yes. Is it? Yes. It's not in mine. Really? But I knew it would be okay. in yours. Okay. See now, you're very, but the, all the, the other thing is you uh, you interview people, you have mm-hmm. a collection, so you have like intelligence behind shows. That's... No, but at the same time, I bet you. So my, I don't know if this would be on the list, but someone who does what yes. you do, yeah. this is might be on the list. We're doing Larry Sanders, what are we doing? Larry Sanders is on my list, one hundred percent. Yeah, but I thought Cheers maybe or Cheers no? Cheers is number one. See, Cheers is I told you only that people who <laughs> really love. It's not on mine because I haven't been able to watch all of them. Right. All of them, but uh, 212 episodes. Of mine is hour. Larry. These are the ones that changed yeah. the way I looked at comedy. When I saw the UK version of The Office, yes, perfect. I I could not believe that that it felt like that show was made for me, yeah. and only I would. Get, it felt like only I would get it. Yeah. And then uh, I met all these people that everybody else loved it. Um. So Larry Sanders for me changed the way I look at television. I've been very fortunate that I'm friends with Gary, and he's the best. Yeah. Um. Um, what was the other one we just said? Uh, we, did, we did Seinfeld. It's not in your top no, five. No, not Cheers. Uh, not Cheers. What uh, did we just say? What did we say? We said the first Sanders. one. Sanders. Oh my God. All right, here are mine. Sanders. Yeah. Freaks and Geeks. Classic. That shaped yep. me kind of. Oh, uh, UK version of The Office. Yep. That got me. The Simpsons, I think, is yeah. my favorite show of all time. Yeah. Um, did you keep up with it? It's it's overwhelming. <sighs> it's tough too. I will say. Yeah. I had three three goals on my bucket list. Yeah. Three of them. One of them was um, to uh, be a voice on The Simpsons. Yeah. The other one was to host SNL. One was to be a guest on Letterman before he went away. You knocked that out, I know. So I, and I just did a voice on The Simpsons. What? Although I wonder if I'm allowed to say it's it. It's too late. It's happened. Okay, I don't know when it's coming out. <laughs> I wonder if I can get in trouble. You'll be fine. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's a it's very. A it's a. I mean, <laughs> it's a very small. I have like uh, you know, like four lines That's or something like that, it, and it's awesome. You, uh, you probably are going to get. I remember when um when I started here, Kurt Loder did a voice, and they sent him like the cell of him in in the Simpsons. And I mean, if cells existed anymore, that's true. I guess it's yeah. all like, well, I've had, I've been very lucky. I've, d- I've done a lot of animated stuff. Right. And, um, one of the guys used to work in the Simpsons and for my birthday, he's like, what do you want for your birthday? I was like, I don't want you to spend any money. What I want is just you to draw me with the B sharps <laughs> and like singing with the B sharps. And he goes, you got it. But then he took out his cell stuff, his cell stuff. Yeah. And he like painted it, and it's beautiful. Amazing. And when if I ever get a house, I'm gonna hang it up. But right so, now, it's just hang. It's like hanging out. What's uh? What's the book bag? As you, yeah. What, what else you got? Freaks and Geeks, Larry Sanders, UK version of The Office, Simpsons, Hee Haw, <laughs> and Hee Haw, <laughs> Hee Haw seasons four through twenty. Step by step. Oh my god, this is killing me. What's okay. my fifth favorite it's, show? It's okay. Well, Arrested. Oh, Arrested Development. That's it. Well done. There you go. How many of those? I thought you'd have three. I thought you'd have Sanders, well, I don't Arrested. I already have my top five like in place like you do. But Cheers would, is number one. But I would put Cheers. I would definitely put Arrested. I would definitely put The Office. Those three are definitely on there. I would need to think. Seinfeld's definitely in top ten. I just need to Yeah, you're a Seinfeld guy. I can tell. I love Seinfeld. I'm stereotypical that way. I used to watch Seinfeld and Cheers when I went to sleep every night in high school. How, how Jewy are you? Were you bar mitzvah? I was not bar mitzvah. I was bar mitzvah, but I never went to shul. I went to, I got a tutor. So I can get bar mitzvah. Okay. Because I also moved 
uh, from the Bronx to Westchester. Right. So like I didn't have a real shul that we were a part of. We didn't really go every week. Did you go? Do you go every no, week? No, no, no. Like I'm. Did most, you get bar mitzvah? No. Wow. Really? Just, I, the the nose and the name is all I got. It's Your nose isn't bad. Uh, oh come on, man. Let's go. Let's go to nose <laughs> battle right now. I'm like one step away from Houdini. What was his name? Adrian. <laughs> Adrian name? Brody. That was Adrian one of my favorite Brody. lines of the Emmys. Last I night. thought Samber crushed it. Yeah. I loved it. It was all written by uh, birthday boys and Ackerman. It was oh, is that all, right? Yeah. It was all comedy bang bang guys. It was uh. It was pretty great. Um, so what, okay, you talked about the, the, the goals you had set for yourself. What are the, what are the things your parents are most proud of when they, when they look at your resume, what got them excited? Oh, wow. I wonder what that is. Um, I think. Like, do I th- they get it? Do they, are they like tapped into like the stuff that you they do? are now? My dad is, my dad is very much so. My mom is just pure joy. My mom is just joy. Like she'll, <laughs> she loves it. She, she just wants me to be happy and find somebody and all right. that stuff. My dad is very much understand. Like he wasn't, but he loves movies and TV, right. loves them. And he just retired, so he has more time to do that. <laughs> but um, he, uh, I wonder what the proudest thing, I think a big one, I won an Emmy once. Yeah. And when I won an Emmy, I went on stage and everybody, and it was very early in my career and it was very unwarranted. It was very weird. It, it, the timing of it is not correct. Right. Like <laughs> so I literally, about five years later, I was what? living in a tent. I was living in a tent and sleeping there or on my friend's couch. I remember sleeping in my tux that I borrowed after, like I did, it was very weird. Um, and... I remember getting on stage and my family's like, you just want, it was crazy. Like I got a thousand, I remember being on stage and my phone was vibrating (laughs) and my phone died. I guess if you get a lot of text messages, like your phone died, it shows how really I'm not popular at all. (laughs) I had like 50 or 60 text messages from people and it just died. And then for the rest of the night, I'm like hat with an Emmy in my head. I'm like, do you guys have like a a plug? I need to like plug into my... So that was for the the Hugh and, and yeah, I wrote Oscars. for the Oscars with Dan Harmon before he. I remember he was telling us how he was trying to do this pilot called Community. Crazy. He was with us and he was like, "What do you think about this person?" This and I knew Donald Glover and he brought up Donald Glover's name and then he's like, "Joe, we like he's really like Joe McHale." And then Rob Schraub, who's now directing Lego Movie Two or the Batman one, he's like, he's directing one of them. Okay, uh, and he's a genius. He's so incredible. Yeah, and then um, we wrote together. And I remember it was just very surreal. Uh, and I remember when we got nominated, they left my name off the list. And I had to be like, you guys forgot to put my name on the list. And it took like a couple weeks. And they're like, okay, you're on it now. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, that would have been. It would have been. I would have lost the Emmy because of a error. Well, I mean, what strikes me, and you know, you're looking at, at the at the resume, it's like a very eclectic career you've got in terms of it's everything. Very, I, just, I just feel like I try to put my hands in everything and see what happens. Like, because yeah. I didn't know where I, I didn't, I really wanted to do this really bad. And I didn't know which one was going to go. So if it was writing or like I wrote books at the beginning, like right. anything that would take. Yeah. Uh, so does this resemble at all what you'd sketched out? Yes. This is what I want to do. Although I wish I was, you know, I mean, of course, I, I want to like The Walk. Being in a movie like The Walk feels very special because that's like like those big movies I grew up on. Some actors are like, oh, I don't want to be in like a Marvel movie. I was like, I would die to be in a <laughs> Are you kidding me? You know how cool that is? But there are literally actors that are like, oh, it's uh, it's. It's so the type of stories that I connected with sure. as a kid. It is so the type of stories I'd love to keep telling. But um, to be able to do a show on like a Parks and Rec or like um, like a comedy on Showtime or HBO or Netflix, like yeah. to do that for a long time, that would make me really happy. And then develop my own stuff and write my own stuff. That would make me really happy. But yeah, it's very similar to I wish I was. I've sold a bunch of movies and that have not been made, but. I'm acting the stuff I'm acting in. Yeah. I've been very lucky. Are you still uh, writing the thing for Seth and Yes, Evan? I am. Writing that. I'm writing a movie for Universal. There's uh, a movie... Oh, I can announce 
this. I did a movie, a remake of Soap Dish yeah. for Paramount, and they didn't really make it then, but it got on the blacklist. Right. Uh, blacklist is this thing that Franklin Leonard puts together that is like the best unproduced scripts. Right. And I got very lucky that I got it years ago. And then Franklin called me and he said, we're going to put yours on as a live read. Oh, yeah. They've been doing that lately. Yeah. yeah. And we're, so I'm going to close off the whole season uh-huh. and we're going to get all these like. Amazing. Oh, it's going to be great. So I'm going to do it. And then it, the best part is if you consider a Jewish person a minority. Uh, but if you don't, uh, the whole stage is going to be different ethnicities. And there, I don't think there will be one white person. On, I mean, me. But outside of me, there won't sure. be one white person on stage, which I think is so cool. <laughs> and uh, it makes me very inspired and excited that I could bring that out there. But we're going after like huge, wonderful Latino actors and actresses. And Gina Rodriguez is doing it. Nice. And like, so it's it's uh, it's like Soap Dish, but it's telenovela. Did you and like did you like the original? The, the first movie was a big one for me, honestly. I liked it a lot, but yeah. I didn't remember it. At okay. I remember when they were trying to get me to write it. I was like, I, I don't remember enough. You should get somebody else. And I remember I, I suggested people that they I thought would be great writers for it. Yeah. And they... Uh, uh, they had read an old script of mine. They said, we want this type of voice in it. So I said, okay. And I watched it again. And I was like, okay, I have to do it. I loved it. It's yeah. so good. It's such a good movie. So is there is there hope? That, is that one of those things that just like... I have no idea. That's... It's such a weird feeling because you write something, you put in so much time, and then um, you just... Uh, at the beginning, it was way harder. Now it's just like you put it... A, you put it as, I tried my best. Yeah. If they're going to make it, they're going to make it. If not, I remember at the beginning, the first couple that I sold, when they didn't get made, you just... It like hurts so yeah. much. Because you put in month, two, three, four months, and then one movie I've been rewriting uh, for Universal for years. Because they're like, yeah, we still want to make it. I'm like, all right, if you want to keep paying me to rewrite this. <laughs> right. uh, I love the movie. Like, it's my movie. I love my idea and everything. So um, it's a very weird thing. And th- these are all, the Seth and Evan one, That's that's these are all solo writing assignments, right? Yeah, everything is solo. Yeah. Do you and just find you write better? I like um, being able to, yeah, I feel like... I'm, st- I'm writing one thing with one of my friends right now, a TV type thing, but um, you have control of everything. You literally have control of everything. So yeah. I control when I, sh- when I, when I write, I control what I think is funny. Nobody says no to me. You know what right. I mean? Until I'll give it to everybody and everybody says no. <laughs> right. Oh my God. The best feeling in the world is when you write a movie, you put it right in front of you and it says like, I try to make cool cover, cover, mm-hmm. whatever, like first page things. Um, and uh, it looks gorgeous and you put it there and you're so proud. You create a world. Then you hand it off to somebody, and then literally you just get shit on. <laughs> I mean, in every imaginable way, everything you thought was good. To sucked. your face or are these notes you get, like how, notes, notes, notes. They're just that's that's an easy way to shit on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of notes. Yeah. And how basic is is there ever a basic note like this just isn't working? Like like I don't like this, or is it always couched in like I don't feel the protagonist's journey? Great question. A lot. A lot of it has to do with. Um, like what is like the jokes are never a problem. Yeah. It's like it's story. Right, what is this person? Yeah, yeah. What is this emotional? Why is this person doing this? Yeah. But there's there's also notes that every single person. Gets. I feel like there's notes that when someone doesn't know what to do, they will just give the same note. Right. So I've gotten that and like sometimes barely change it. I'm like great, you fixed it. I was like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, but there are like uh, the when you work with like a Seth or an Evan like or Adam McKay, who I think is a genius. Totally. Um, anything they say, I'll listen. Like whatever. Yeah. And then there and by the way, Evan will nonchalantly be like, "What if this happened?" And it's now the funniest part of the movie. Right. And it was an off the you know. It'll be really funny, Ben. This, like, what you thought of on the spot, right? I'm like, yes. Now that is by far the funniest part of the movie, right? And then, like, you know, but you'll go back and forth. Like, I've written a draft, and they're like, you know, never mind. Let's go back to the old, and we'll go back to the old. And yeah. the, with writers, it's very different. They're not as precious with their drafts with producers because it's it's way more um like. I'll just do a couple of drafts, and then it's considered one right. draft. Right. With oh, it, it's very different. But I've been very fortunate. The people I've been able to work with. 
I'm and so- I sell them as pitches. So I write them after I sell them as pitches. I'm going off actually this afternoon to the set of Neighbors too. Oh yeah, where are they? Seven. They're in Atlanta. Oh, you're going to fly there? Yeah, I'm flying there tonight. Really? Yeah. Neighbors very exciting yeah i went to a table read of it <laughs> did you yeah i Funny did stuff? i did uh yeah for for uh they get a whole bunch of people that are way smarter than me in a room right i remember this one too by the way is this is like a punch-up thing or is this just like well, it was a, like a, a it was like kind of like a it was a little bit punch but not as much jokes as just like hey we're gonna film this movie let's what does everybody think got it but i remember apatow was in front of me and i barely know apatow yeah and um, they're like, okay, so what does everybody think? And then uh, Rogan's like, uh, Schwartz, what do you think? And I'm like, uh, Judd Apatow's right there. Let's let's hear his thoughts for. And I remember and I had he a, says I agree. Yeah, I had like a plate of like every breakfast food in front of because I like I like I did one of the side rolls just to help them out. Right. And then afterwards, I was like, I'm starving. So like I had like this huge plate of like bagels and locks. And they'll, they they won't remember this, but I remember being like, oh, I loved it, I loved it. I'll give you my notes later. Kitten, let's hear. I'm missing my. Um, and then Apatow is another one where he just like spews yeah. brilliance and yeah. but that movie will be great because those every all those actors are hilarious yeah. and yeah it'll be a good set to go on those are so, awesome dudes yeah they're, they're great tell them I say hello I will I and will. tell them their movie I, I just handed them a new draft of my movie hopefully they like it we'll read it all together just oh in the god trailer. I would love for you to read it <laughs> I would love for you to read it. I think it's going to be so good. I'm actually really excited about that movie. And this is this is one that you get to also like fashion apart for yourself. Yes. Right? Which is oh my god! Can you imagine how I slowly keep making it bigger? No, you have to. I mean, that's like <laughs> that I mean, role is like it's like at the beginning he's like yeah because I wasn't sure which role first and then right. McKay is like you should do this role because you can improvise more and blah blah. I was like yeah and then all of a sudden that role. Is <laughs> Has like a love interest all of a sudden. It's like so. What what are the um? You're talking about like like being open to being in those kind of like pop culture things, like a Zemeckis film. Do you do you ever get to go? But up? is that pop culture? Like, what's a pop culture? Give me an, what's an example of a film that when you interview someone, they'll be like, yeah, they almost seem embarrassed that they're in it. I don't um, know what that would be. Today, by today's standards, it's a superhero movie. That's crazy though, isn't it? I feel. Like, do you come from that world that you oh enjoy my God, those? Of course. I. <laughs> I mean, I had a meeting with Marvel people, and I was like, these are the questions I have for you. And I, like, asked them a series of questions yeah. about films. Uh, but I, like, I think James Gunn crushed Guardians. Absolutely. I think I think they're, uh, I don't know, man. I love the Avengers movies. It's just mind-boggling, like, to think, like, I mean, I don't know what if you were into that stuff growing up. But, like, you know, the, the Wizard magazine lists of, of like, course. who's going to play Professor X. And then it, like, all happened. And it's all happening. It's, it's insane. Cool. But also, think about the Wizard magazine. Are, didn't they have, uh, like... Like how much comic book costs? Sure, yeah, yeah. That's what I would look up all the time. Like yeah. I'd be like, oh my god, like the death of Superman. Oh, that was late in my comic book career. Like, remember when Superman oh, yeah. died? Yeah. I bought like four of them. Yeah, no, and they I, came like Manila black or white. Um, I forget what they were. I was in the worst. Like I was collecting comic books and baseball cards at a time when they like they suddenly mass produced them all. Yes. So like we were at the tail end where like we thought we were actually investing in the future when like no, there were ten million Don Mattingly rookie cards. Yes. I couldn't make any money off of that. I remember. I literally remember. I was doing basketball. So be like Jamal Mann Ashburn rookie card and I'd like put I'd buy like a very expensive case for it like the ones with the screws you know what I mean like there's some that you could put like kind of like hard plastic but there's like a glass case where you like have tiny screws and like I had a couple of those like or like X-Men cards I would I don't know if you collected those Marvel cards those Marvel cards would be like holograms in them and I would like oh my god this is amazing Um, but you can you can do have you gotten the app for the Star Wars trading cards on your phone no do you know about this no are there new ones well so they're virtual cards so I don't know what sense that makes except that I, I'm totally into it. So you get an app on the phone. I can show you. And um, and it's like, buying. do you buy a card or buy a pack? So or? You, you, you open packs and you have a certain amount of fake money 
and you can purchase packs and you get like these like you get you get the holograms. Can you trade with people? You can trade. Oh, that's really and smart. It goes all the way through the Force Awakens and all that stuff. That's so, really kind of smart. What's the most rare? Is Yoda the rarest, or I guess it would be like a side character? There are so many. There are like. 59 different Yodas. There's like Yoda with a lightsaber, Yoda in Empire. I want to know what Jedi. the one in 1000 is. I certainly don't know. You ever do those kid robot dolls? No. Oh, don't. I got addicted <laughs> to those for a little bit. Sim, I'm a huge Simpsons fan. So like uh, I used to go to the table reads just to listen all yeah. the time because the casting director was a big fan of Undercovers, that show of J.J. Abrams sure. that I was on, which yeah. nobody's ever heard of. But she's like me and my kid love that show. I was like, amazing. I, I knew everything about her because I was a nerd about right. Simpsons, a huge nerd about Simpsons. So, um... I uh, don't remember what I was saying. Kid anything. robot, kid. Uh, oh, so they so the Simpsons. So what it is is it's a box, yeah. and 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 if you open the box, it's still in a silver bag, so you can't see. You buy it with it's just like baseball cards, with not knowing which characters in there. And so there's like one and one, like you know, Ned Devil Ned Flanders is one in <laughs> four hundred or whatever it is. Um, but then like I have thirty five hippie Homer Barts or hippie Homer <laughs> hippie Homers. So it's like um, I so I loved it. I had so much fun with it, and I have a whole collection. It's so awesome <laughs> and then like i remember i was like oh you have to stop i remember thinking like oh, oh like, you have to stop what are you doing what are you I, doing I'm in my 30s now I'm, I'm oh it's just like money also like yeah. i look at it and it's 100 it's like probably 200 bucks for like these little things maybe more and i'm like oh what are you doing yeah is there so do you do do you do a voice on the simpsons or are you doing your own voice I do my own voice, and it's not me. It's like a, a character. Do you tend to, in the in the voiceover stuff you do, mm -hmm. do you do voices? Do you tend to do your own? I do a higher version. If my voice wasn't all messed up, I'd show you. But so I do this show called Randy Cunningham, right. which we just did 100, 100 episodes for Disney. Wow. Um, crazy. 100 episodes of anything is insane. And uh, my voice is like, everything is up here. Yeah. If my voice wasn't raspy. If it was, <laughs> but it's like... Uh, that so kid like, that's smoking the cigarettes over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I'm a ninja, so everything is very... I'm always excited and like, really into being a ninja and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my voice would get demolished. That's why I used to get sick a lot because my voice, my throat would be like red and like sure. ready, <laughs> ready for sickness. Wait, can't wait for sickness. And so like, um, so like you learn how to breathe better, but I'm terrible at that because I never learned how to breathe. Like, I don't know how to use my diaphragm. And wait, and your mom, teachers taught music, music. Yeah. Right. But like K through five. <laughs> <laughs> that's your level though. Yeah, that is literally where. <laughs> no. So that's after five is like where I stop. <laughs> So like that's why I can sing like songs with people, but like I can't create music. Did you have you ever gone for musicals? Have you done musical theater? Have you ever no? I always did basketball instead of the right. musical theater. Right. So I did basketball, um, and I think there's a part of me that was too afraid to audition because I didn't want to be told that I was terrible. Same with college. I never did improv until my ex girlfriend at the time forced me. Right. To do and she's like, you have to audition, and I was like, oh, okay. And I had a, the word. I've never been more nervous for anything in my life. And I auditioned, and I had a terrible audition, went home, and I was like, oh my god, I blew it. And then one of her friends called and was like, uh, he's going to get in. I don't know if I had a good audition, she's just like, he's going to get in. <laughs> so it's not like, I don't know if I was whatever. But that was, I was always afraid of failing. Yeah. And then when I when I got through that first stage, uh, it got it got a little easier. What, how about auditions to this day? Do you still have that fear? or you It matters. Like, I auditioned for a, a big old, big old movie, which I'll tell you about off the yeah. thing. <laughs> Um, like a big one that would have changed my life. And I remember I'm pretty good in auditions now because I've done a, a lot of them. And I think there's a skill set to learn how to audition, like yeah, to be sure. Because like as a someone, like I direct some stuff every now and then. And when you see people, you want to see someone that's comfortable, and you're like, oh, I'm going to spend a couple weeks with this person. Right. So you're like, oh, I want to make sure they're comfortable and they can handle whatever. So being really nervous does not help you sure. in those rooms. But it's so hard to say, like, just don't be nervous when you go in there. So I'm pretty good. 
when I get my first laugh or when I get my first scene that I think I did well, I'm coasting. I'm great. Yeah. If it takes a little bit um, or if there's a director that I really respect or if it's a really big project and I'll feel nervous beforehand. Are, are the casting directors or the directors you meet with and those kind of things, are, are they generally cool or are they ever dicks? They're, o- they're almost always cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because they don't want to. I mean, it's. I mean, what is it? I mean, sometimes it'll be short. Sometimes it'll be like, all right, see ya. And then you're like, ah, can I do it one more time? Like, I just spent a bunch of time memorizing this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I've been lucky. My auditions have been pretty good. But the worst thing is you could do a flawless audition. Yeah. And then they'll look at me and they're like, no, he can't play the role. He doesn't look like this. And that's happening. Yeah, yeah. It's such a weird experience. And it's almost weirder when you lose. I don't. I can't tell which hurts more: if you lose a role because you messed up your audition, or right. you lose a role because it's like, no, we need someone that looks different. And have, have you been on the other side of it yet? I would imagine you've start. I mean, like, I've been in the room where it's been, yeah, where it's like, uh, yeah, dude, that guy crushed, but he, you know, he's hilarious, but he's just not that guy. He's not right. this guy. So I understand it, but. You know. And what about, what about like kind of the chemistry read things? Have you had to do that? Where done it's like- many of those uh, and done them for like independent movies where I'll audition with um, like a love interest girl a bunch of times over. And um, and on both sides of it where you've got the role or they don't have the like I mean, it's sort of like you're, right. both, you're vying and the girl's vying or. Uh, one of them, I, I had it and we were testing women to see who would play opposite me. OK. And then. Um, Is this just like speed dating where you feel like, oh, well, matters. all these, all these girls have to pretend to be into me it's now. It's very awesome. weird. <laughs> no, but it's like uh, they'll bring not that many people in. They'll bring just a couple people in. Yeah. So you're not like whatever. But um, there's a movie I was going to do a while ago that I was going to um, that I wrote and stuff. And then halfway through it, I bailed on it but i remember meeting with these people and meeting with my friends and then afterwards listening to what everybody says or being on the other side like i remember i was helping an audition process once just because they wanted an improviser there and um i was supposed to improvise with like these are awesome big actors to see if they can handle it and then when they leave you hear them talk about like the biggest people and it by the way you'll be amazed like you know the strongest actors sure it's just will still not audition like yeah yeah, or sometimes their auditions will just be okay right it's crazy right yeah. So you moved out to L.A. a few years back. Mm-hmm. Six years ago. Six years. Yeah. Have you gone totally L.A.? Are you... I'm very much... I think it's very weird. I kind of... L.A. This this past year, I feel like L.A. has kind of been tough. I don't know why. I feel like it's like it's been... I don't know what... I don't know how to explain it. It's been... I've been there for a while now, and I've been very fortunate what I'm doing, but then sometimes it just beats you, man. There's sometimes that that city will just beat you up. Just because... It, it, it permeates the yeah just not sometimes not getting no roles away from it. yes oh the one thing the the negative for me well it's a positive in some especially when i first moved there is positive but excuse me the negative that for me is everybody does the same thing yeah when i lived here like you can meet an architect or a construction worker and like have real conversation or be on the subway and talk yeah, to you people bump or, into people yes just, yeah and different types of people metro north because my family lives in westchester i'd sure. be in metro north twice a week uh to see them or one you know and would chat with uh, you know a psychologist or a blank and in la it's a lot of the same and if they're doing something else it's a means to make money to so they can do this yeah which i understand if you're in detroit you're you're going to work in those warehouses or you know sure. what i mean or the factories rather and uh where our version of the auto industry is um and entertainment so yeah. if you want to do it you end up there but it, as a human being like trying to connect with other human beings sometimes it can get a little bit uh it could get a little bit tiring meeting everybody does the same exact thing yeah yeah what's the best what's the um what's the best work you've done you think nobody's ever seen <laughs> oh wow the best work i've done okay um 
I'm not, it's very hard for someone to say when they were good at something. Well, or, or just even the product, because, you know, you've done projects of all size, some yeah. that were intended for big audiences, a lot of indies that, you know, at their best are only going to be seen by... That's true. I think, you know what I really like? There's a scene in House of Lies this year that I don't think a ton of people watch that show. Although we get we get renewed, so maybe they do. Yeah, you're in your like fourth or fifth, right? This is our fifth season. That's crazy. Um, but there's a scene where, this will be a huge spoiler, but maybe you guys can find it. There's a scene where my dad comes back. Mm-hmm. And um, he's a terrible person and abandoned my family, abandoned our family and is terrible. And then he tells me he has cancer, so I have to take care of him. So I, I put him up, I take care of him, and then I find out that he's faking it the whole time. And so I had this speech that David Walpert, an amazing writer, wrote. And I lay, I like, he, I figure it out at a, at like a breakfast between right. him and I. And I figure out that he's lying to me. And then I switch and I become, I do this monologue that's a page and a half or two pages that's like, me talking about all the terrible things he's done or whatever, and I do it to him, and it hurts him so much that he has a heart attack and he dies. Like, and it's this huge right. thing, <laughs> and I love it. And nobody's ever. I love that it happened, and it was such a beautiful moment. And like, uh, you know, like also like when they submit for Emmys and stuff like that, they do scenes, and exactly. I don't even think they submit. I don't even right. think they did. You know what I mean? Like, because it's so dramatic, and it's for comedy, but it's like I love that. I mean, do you take pride in that, but uh, in a way, because that's not. At least at this point, what's expected of you, and it's you're like, exactly correct. That's because it's like also for me, that's a real challenge. Yeah, like um, John Ralphio is one of my favorite things in the universe to do. It's one I think it's one. Of, I thought that character was incredible. Yeah. Like to play, it was so fun. Uh, but it's like it's when they show me a script. Zone, it's your oh experience. my god, I could play. You could. It's it's also by the way talking about memorizing stuff. I could memorize John Ralphio lines in a second. Right. Or I can memorize any co- real comedic beat in a second. But I had to take time to memorize that. I'm gonna kill my father's speech. Right. You know what I mean? Like really put in like a day's work and stuff like that um you're right so those things but like you know there's a bunch of park stuff that i'm super i mean like really proud of there's a short film called i'm a mitzvah that's like i went to sundance and it's just me and uh it's about like my friend dies in mexico and i have to pick up his dead body and bring it back home and it's me dealing with the death and ben berman directed it and that's pretty special too i think it's a special one too so uh, coming full circle on the walk. So when you finally like you, you work for a bit and you get to know, very good with time management. You know exactly how much time you have left. Well, you know, um, I know you have to do silly Snapchat things for MTV. Yeah, but <laughs> it's for Sammy Heller. We can do it whenever she's she's open to whenever. Can I ask uh, you questions? Yeah, what do you mean? All right, let me. Fi- you ask your last. Well, one. I was gonna say um, unless it's gonna wrap it up so perfectly no, that we not. should. Oh, okay, God, no way. So you're terrible at your job. Yeah, but not, not not good. Um, but back to the, but but, uh, but back to the future. No, back to the future is a meckus. So what did you when you worked with the courage? What did you want to know for? What did you ask him? So I waited. I waited. By the way, oh, you want to hear a great story? Yes, I do. So my role is very small, right? And I, but I still said I'll audition for it. Like it's it's like I mean my line. I have so few lines in it. I'm in a couple scenes, but I have so few lines in yeah. it. But I'm an integral part of making the 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 heist, the quote yes. unquote him. Like I'm there I'm, uh, in real life. Like this guy existed and he helped him out. Right. Um, but I was like, yeah, I'll audition. Of course, I'll audition, even if it's tiny, whatever. And I did the audition for a casting director, not even for him. Right. And they're like, uh, he really liked it. He wants to see you. Oh, there's a great story, but it's too long. But but he's like, he wants to see you. I was like, great. Uh, is he going to be in the room? He's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to meet my hero. Yeah. The other thing is the audition is so small that there's like not a lot of room to like show him. Like, this is why you should hire me. Right. Um, and then I did it. And he let me improvise a little bit because, they're, you know, whatever. And um, then he goes to, I think it was Victoria Burroughs who was the cast manager. He goes, uh, he goes, is it okay? Do you mind for a second if uh, just Ben and I talk? And uh, she goes, of course. She was used to it, obviously. Obviously, when he, I guess, maybe this is a, good song. This is a part of the process, yes. I think. Um, and then she leaves. And I'm like, oh, I was like, 
oh my god, Robert Zemeckis, <laughs> and he sits and he sits and he changes his chair to right in front of me, and yeah. we sit right in front of me, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I cannot tell you the joy I felt, even if I wasn't gonna get it. And he's like, hey, I just like to talk to my actors a little bit. Um, if you know, you know, he he didn't know if he was gonna hire me or not. Although I made so many jokes about like, so I got the role, huh? <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 you know, like there's so many people that have to say yes outside of him. <laughs> but like I kept, uh, he's very funny by the way. If you yeah. get him in the right direction, yeah. he's very, he knows exactly what's well, funny. You have to be the man that made used cars and death becomes her. I mean, see, it's very, very true. Yeah. It's, but it's like his comedy. Is, and by the way, he loves to laugh, but you know, like he's very, uh, uh, he does his own thing and he's so inspired all the time that you almost don't want to get in his way and say something stupid, but whatever. But I love to make him laugh. It was one of my favorite things. Even talking to him on the phone, like I, I, after the movie, I was like, Hey, I saw the movie and like, I can't, I love to make him laugh. Um, but he sat down and he's like, I just want to talk. And we just talked about stuff. It wasn't even about the movie. It was like, he's like, so what do you do? Like, what else do you do? And I told him I wrote and he, we talked about writing for a while. Cause you know, obviously he's a writer sure. and like, and it was so inspiring. And, uh, it was, I've never had an experience like that with after an audition. Like sometimes, you know, like, Oh, I have a chance. Yeah. I was like, I think I have a chance with this one. Um, and so even if I didn't get it, just the idea that he sat and he took the time yeah. because you I'm had, sure he did it with a real people. experience with him. As yes. To oh, how exciting. And... It was so exciting. Um, and then when, the first question I asked him back to the future stuff and I was like, did you know when you're making it like that it was going to be the biggest, like, or that, that it was going to be such yeah. a seminal movie. And he's like, no, we lost our lead actor. I was going to say, after I fired Eric Stoltz, oh like, maybe. <laughs> God. He was like, no, we were always, by, like, we we had to, we replaced our lead actor. I loved asking him. And I remember there was one thing I was like, God, I remember watching it. We just watched it again, like, uh, when we were there in Montreal. Right. I was like, I never noticed that it says uh, Twin Peaks. And then when he knocks over that tree, at the end it says yes. Lone Peaker, yeah, yeah, exactly. right? And he's like, Ben, you didn't re you didn't realize that? And I was like, oh, okay, all right, Zemeckis. Uh, but he, I could ask him questions about everything. And then what I did is I bothered his producer because I didn't want to bother him. So I asked his producer so many nerdy questions about Roger Rabbit and Castaway. The one th cool thing that I learned, which is my uh, 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 neat little thing, is what was the movie with Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer? Oh, uh, that's a good one. What Lies Beneath? Yes. So he shot the first half of Castaway when Tom Hanks was heavier. Yes. And then used the same exact crew. Yep. So everybody in that movie went to um, What Lies Beneath yep. and then went back to uh, Castaway. Totally. So they never stopped. They they must have filmed for, I mean, that must have been, or something. oh my God, nonstop. By the way, What Lies Beneath, written by Clark Gregg. Fun fact. Really? Yeah. Clark Gregg from the Marvel franchise? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know he was a writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also has directed a couple indies too. I didn't know that. Yeah. What a great movie that was also. A thriller by Clark Gregg. I know. Who Where does that come from? That's, that's as close to a great Hitchcock movie as we've had in the last 20 years. Great movie. Right? You see Ex Machina? Yeah, really Loved good. it. Loved it. What? Okay, so New York Film Festival. New York Film Festival. This is going to be big. Yeah, it'll be really fun. I'm going to be there, I assume, opening night. I'll right? be there. I'm going to get interviewed by you. I told Badge that uh, I have a friend that's going to interview us and that I think I want to... The problem is this. I really want to screw with you. Oh, God. Like, really, really bad. <laughs> but the the problem is, like, uh, it gets filmed and then we're supposed to be representing our movie. <laughs> and, like, yours is on a, a platform also that actually you will might release... You know, like, you'll interview yes. a lot of people, but yours, you might release it. Exactly. So, uh, if I literally tackle you to the ground and tickle you for, <laughs> for 10 minutes, I told Badge, I was like... 
there's one guy that I know that's coming in. <laughs> oh, I'm doing it with James Badgedale. Like we're both doing it. Amazing. And so uh, together, uh, which is great. So you don't have to be there by yourself all the time. But I was like, um, I was like, there's one guy that we may have to fuck with the whole time. <laughs> well, and he I goes, to really? be on the defensive. Well, no, thing. now I'm screwed because I also realized that I can't. Like I have to be. Yeah, you want to work with Zemeckis again? Yeah. The, the tickle. And also TriStar video. and Sony. Yeah. <laughs> Although maybe that's the reason why people will watch it. Well, listen, no, if anybody watches, if anybody listens to this, thank you for listening to this. First of all, it's kind for you to care. Uh, but the other thing is if there's video footage of me and Josh doing a press for the walk, know that if I'm not tickling him, I'm thinking about tickling him. <laughs> As he's giving his canned response, he's the actually thinking about time. my, uh, yeah. My God, I hope that camera's rolling from the second you get oh, in. Jesus Christ. To the second. Suddenly I have a doctor's appointment. Um, <laughs> it's good to see you, Ben. Great to see you. Can I ask you two questions? Yes, go for it. How, what's our runtime? 40 minutes? We're, we're, we're on the longer end, which is great. We're about 50. What's the longest one you've ever done? I think I did about an hour with Jesse Eisenberg. It's a Jew thing, clearly. Yeah, it could be. What's Jesse, what's Jesse Eisenberg like? He's fascinating. He's actually like you in that he he comes in with as many questions as... Oh, answers. yeah. I love asking he, questions. He is like... I don't know if it's a deflection technique. Not for you. I don't think it is for you. <laughs> it is kind of as well. I don't is love it? talking about myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for him, he yeah, he just doesn't like... I'm genuinely interested in things. Yeah, I don't get that. Really? No, of course. I mean, I would have to have that hopefully yeah, for guess. this job. Uh, yeah, question these are the two questions one. I would okay. ask you. One, what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened during an interview? Oh, if you had to tell the truth. God. Okay. Are you allowed to talk about that yeah, or no? No, I just say I'm bad at it. Okay, but okay. You would, of course you would remember. Um, I remember from weird interviews that I've done. I've done like 10. Well, but here's the thing. My stuff is a lot of it's purposefully weird like I, I put myself in bizarre situations oh yeah i saw you ask something crazy once and you were so nervous for asking i forgot what it was well i do i do like a series literally called up close where like they're on my lap and like oh is I, that true yeah totally like really it's funny things like that and uh no the things that, that 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 stick out of my mind are the small things like um you know my stomach making a noise while interviewing Vera Farmiga and like her. Oh, and she's both, so gorgeous. She's so gorgeous. And both of us just like knowing it happened, but not acknowledging it. Did you ever it's, fart it's during an interview? Things. I don't think I have. Has farted. anybody ever farted during an interview? I'm sure. The law of averages say there have been at least 10 farts over the years. <laughs> you don't remember one. Oh, how about this? Is there ever a question you asked that you wish you never asked? Um, I asked, well, sometimes in film festivals, especially when like I'm fried, the questions get really shitty. Yeah, dude. And, imagine like when we're when we get a thousand. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Same on your end. And and sometimes like, you never want to be the last couple. Although you might want to. It's punchy. It's fun. oh yeah. I bet if you were if I saw you near the end, it would be that'd be the best oh, interview yeah. of all time. Uh, you get me saying things I would never say to anybody else. Exactly. Yeah, and sometimes I've like on rare occasions, and I take pride in actually knowing my shit on like the other ninety nine percent of horrible uh, entertainment <laughs> right. out there. Uh, but like I remember interviewing like Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell for a movie like that I saw like six months earlier. Uh, uh, um, um, it was in Bruges. I yeah, think. it was in Bruges, right? And I think I incorrectly remember that they were brothers in it. And like, you guys play brothers in this, and they're like, uh, "No, we don't, mate." And I'm like, "No, metaphorical brothers." You're, am I trying to cover? And it's just like, and do they worse. call you out or no? Oh, totally. Yeah, that's never good. I feel like there's something worse you can't talk about. You think? And what was the best? What's the best interview you've ever done? Oh my god, the best? Yeah. Um, I bet it's earlier on in your career because that's when it's more exciting. I think that the the best stuff that I always think about it's honestly it's it's doing fun stuff and making the people I respect laugh. Yeah. So it's like that's interesting. It's like um, doing a sketch with like Will Ferrell and like oh. to hear like like that man like that laugh. He's is the like, best. He's like, the fucking best. My favorite like random small Will interaction I ever had was I was at like. I was at some like random awards show thing, just like uh, I was going for fun, and I saw Will coming out of the bathroom 
and he saw me and he just <laughs> he just pumps his arm and he goes, nailed it as he's walking out of the bathroom. And it's like he's always got something of oh, coming out of the bath. Yeah. <laughs> he's the sweetest. He I is so funny. He's the funniest man on the planet. Although in real life, though, he doesn't tra- like he's not like he's not big. He's yeah. Yeah. He's so he's can turn it on in an instant. We did. We did a sketch him, me and Wahlberg once called The Knife Show. <laughs> For the other guys? For the other guys. I was in that movie for one scene. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. And it was it was epic. It, it was early on in my career at MTV where I didn't realize that when you um, do a show called The Knife Show, you should probably use props instead of real knives. No, Mark you Wahlberg. did not. We had real knives. And there's it's actually on my business card. I'll show you. It's a photo of Mark Wahlberg sticking a knife like in my eye. Yeah, it happened. He loves you. I've seen many things with you and Wahlberg. He's the best. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is that we share. Here it is. Look at that. That happened. It's really smudged, but that's a look of fear. That's actual, actual fear. Oh my God. I would literally cry. Um, I would cry. Well, anyway, Ben. What? Did we do it? A pleasure. I think we nailed it. I think you did. I, I didn't I, do I anything. Attended, I attended the podcast. No, I just least. hung out for a bit. Um, this was destined to happen. I'm glad we finally made it work. Yeah, I feel like it'll happen many times. And Can you ask one ter- like one weird question? Um, End it with one real weird one. What? Doesn't have to be good. How much did you make on, on the walk? Oh, very little. I mean, well, comparatively, I, I told them I'd do it for anything. Very little comparatively to what I'm sure right. uh, big time movies start. By the way, movies, anytime you see me in a movie, I'm making less money than everybody else. Because <laughs> I'm so quick to say I'll do whatever. But by the way, I'm also... That's a resume builder. That's the one. Yeah, and also it's dreams. I want to yeah. do that movie. And by the way, still, it's more money than I ever made when I was in New York. I had no money in New York. No money in New York. It's all relative. It's such a funny thing because I'll come back here now and... They pay for your airfare and they put you up in a hotel. But uh, because when I lived in Manhattan, Manhattan for five years doing comedy, I had no money. So I don't, people are like, yeah, like you go out with people like, where should we eat tonight? And I don't know any places to eat. Chipotle again? Literally. It would be like (laughs) Chipotle. uh, I ate a lot of fast food when I was here. A lot of Chinese food, a lot of like um, Korean, like uh, I lived near, I lived in Koreatown. But um, it's so funny when you come here and um, have more than no money. Right. Like, it's so interesting. Well, now you're pulling it down to Disney VO money, so you're okay. Uh, there's no I mean, like, there's no money. <laughs> Where's the money coming from, Ben? God, TV, honestly, TV's all right. it's mostly this stuff. Podcasts, <laughs> podcasts, like, Josh pays you really were, yeah, well. Yeah, you were misinformed. Um, on to the next one. Next time we'll do something silly. A pleasure. Or, Anytime you want. We're supposed to do a sketch. Maybe we'll do a sketch soon. I'd love to. I would love to do that. It'd be really fun. Thanks for stopping by. I love you very much. Calm down. Can you let's say not, it to me? Let's not I love you very this. much. I lo- say it. I love you very Josh, I love you. I'm supposed to say, Josh, I love you? No, look me in the eyes. I want you to look me in the eyes and tell me you love me. Josh, I love you. Why do you... Oh, I see you're saying Josh. I want you to okay, say okay, you I, love I, me. I just understand because I keep thinking I'm supposed to say, Josh, I love you. You're making you're, this to Woody Allen. Okay. I want you to express to me okay, you, you, the you, affection you have to me, as real as you can. Okay? I'm going to film it. And then I'm going to text it to you. Oh, God almighty. Why are you adding layers to this? Why can't it just be one thing? <laughs> Ready? Don't periscope it. No, I don't even know. I can't do Periscope. It's all too much. Everything is too much. I don't even know how to wake up in the morning anymore. Ready? Not really, but let's do it. Okay, ready? Josh, I love you. Ben? Yeah. I love you. Thanks for stopping by. That felt real. It's great. <laughs> Should I hit stop? Are we ready? Or are we going to yeah. replay it? You, you want to replay it? You want instant gratification? <laughs> all right, we'll replay it. Ready? Josh, I love you. Ben? Yeah. I love you. Now you're going to stop it. (laughs) 
Hello, I'm Emily Foster. And I'm Deanna Raphael, and we are the hosts of OMFG, the podcast that helps you get hip to what the youths are up to. And helps you get chill AF. Am I using that right? We're V-chill, Emily. You know, But right now, we are um, actually here for a very eye-opening episode we just released. Very exciting. Lizzie Velasquez was born with an inability to gain weight. After being labeled the ugliest woman in the world on YouTube, she did a TED Talk on the epidemic of online bullying. Now she's fighting for Congress to pass an anti-bullying bill, and starting this week, you can see her incredible documentary, A Brave Heart. We are obsessed with her. We talked to her. And here's a little piece of what she had to say. Every time I see a bad comment or someone says something, it doesn't really, I mean, there are times it will upset me. I mean, I'm human. But at the same time, there are times where I see it and I think uh, I really do still have a job to do. There are still people that are needing help or needing to see that there are there is a different outlet for your anger. To hear more, listen to Lizzie Velasquez, A Brave Heart, on OMFG. And keep listening to OMFG on Wolf Pop for more interviews with some amazing young people. You can listen on iTunes, Howl, or your favorite podcasting app. This has been a Wolf Pop production. Executive produced by Paul Shear, Adam Sachs, Chris Bannon, and Matt Gorley. For more information and content, visit wolfpop.com.